This episode is brought to you by Podcorn. What is Podcorn? Well, we'll tell you in a second. You know, I've been making podcasts since the beginning. Before there was even a word. When I was working for Major League Baseball, there was something on MP3 for iPods. When it evolved into podcasts, I had this idea to create my own. And then when the audience started to grow, I had to find a way to make this profitable. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, discussions that are topical, much, much more. Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes, so if your show is big with thousands of listeners, or if it's small with just a few listeners, you can find the right opportunities right on the platform. Set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. It's like a dating service for podcasts and sponsors. You never give up any rights to your podcast. You control all the content. Podcorn is there to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. Their marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom to do what they want, and full control of how and when they monetize. There's a link in the show notes for this episode to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Thanks so much to the folks at Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up here at podcorn.com slash podcasters. This episode of Sports with Friends is presented by Shapiro MD. Listen, there are so many people in our audience struggling with hair loss. I get it. We're all getting older. And yes, that is something that you want to stop happening, and I understand. Shapiro MD's hair regrowth kit has been used by over 350,000 customers to help fight DHT and regrow hair. It contains FDA-approved ingredients clinically proven to regrow your hair. There's guaranteed results in three to six months. I promise you, if you can do this, and you can save up to 40% at social.shapiromd.com slash sports. Let me know. Send me a picture over social media of you before and after. I will promote the fact that you have that. There's free shipping. There is a money-back guarantee. It's Shapiro MD's hair regrowth kit, and it has been used by over 350,000 customers that have to be doing something right. Hair loss is a personal issue. It's something people don't like to talk about, and it gives people anxiety. FDA approved. We're good to go. Guaranteed results in three to six months. Go to social.shapiromd.com slash sports. And don't let hair loss get in the way of a happy, happy life. Now back to Sports with Friends. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is going to sound a little different because it is a little different. This is episode 333. And this is going to be recorded at the Army-Navy game. I'm at MetLife Stadium right now. 
It is in the middle of the game, and when you hear this podcast, it will be long over. Right now, there is no leader, so it doesn't even matter who defeats who. If Army beats Navy or Navy beats Army, it doesn't matter. This podcast is about the traditions in that game, and I hope it's also patriotism. You know, there's so much toxicity in the world today and in the country, and I don't want this podcast to be about that. I want it to be about patriotism and unification. And what we did is put together an episode that I just hope fans will appreciate. We are right now right outside where the Navy stands, their section. If you've ever watched this game, you see that all the cadets sit together and we're literally right behind that section. Today on the podcast, CBS's Gary Danielson is going to join us. Also, longtime football announcer and a guy who calls the Army-Navy game for Westwood One, Ross Tucker, who also has a podcast that's pretty popular that I'm sure you guys have heard of if you listen to this one. We will also talk to cadets and servicemen. And that's what I was most looking forward to for this. And what we did was we talked to a couple of cadets and we spoke to one serviceman and we split it up between Army and Navy. It is also getting down to the finish line for the National Football League. We also have BovadaSportsbook.com's head odds maker Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, I'm here at MetLife Stadium. Tell me what we'll be talking about later on. Seth, I'm standing up and saluting this Army-Navy game today, and we're looking ahead to Week 15 in the NFL. That's what we think of Patrick Morrow here on Sports with Friends. Here are the conversations I had with some of these amazing, amazing military personnel. So I'm a Cadet Chris Turco. I'm a corporal, uh, which is a yuck, so a sophomore. And I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for everything you're committing to. What does this game mean to you? So I think for me, like especially coming off, off of like after last year with COVID, it's something new, and I think as a cadet, this is my first time experiencing. But I think the coolest and best part about this is seeing everyone kind of come together. And I think like especially coming off that COVID year, it's just about, hey, like we're all back together and like we're all here for like one thing and we all believe in like just freedom in America and that's what it's all about. Let's start it off with a conversation that took place between myself and Gary Danielson. This was after the game and it was via the telephone but it was a great honor to have Gary Danielson. Of course, you know him as the lead analyst for the SEC on CBS. There is so much about Gary Danielson that we can get into, and he will come on a future episode. This is primarily about Army-Navy. Let's welcome Gary Danielson to Sports with Friends. Gary, you've called some 12 or 13 of these Army-Navy games. What was your impression of the game, but more so the event, the whole event that it is? It's funny. Um, when I started doing it, you know, my, my first game was in 09. So it, it, this is my 13th broadcast. I was nervous about it because, you know, I, I really never really watched that many, you know, because I was always working during this game. I was obviously aware of it. 
And then it just felt like a big responsibility to, you know, do a game that has such a big nature. That was the game when it was moved to its own day. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I felt really big, you know, and I go, okay, you're, I really haven't followed these teams. And it felt like a lot of, and I wish it was that simple as that day, because since then, everyone has seen more important. It just has a bigger and bigger and bigger feel now. I've done national championship games and I'm more nervous and more excited to do this game than I even, but that's football. That's X's and O's. That's easy for me to do. You know, this is so much more. And um, the game goes by really fast. And uh, it's a, just a sense of responsibility and honor that it, it seems bigger now than it did before. You'd think you'd get used to it, but I don't. What I took away from it was when you see a sellout crowd, even a Super Bowl or a World Series, there are clusters of people who are in the concessions or at the bar or wherever they might be. But in this, every seat is taken from the minute those <laughs> cadets start marching. And it is, right. it's a sight to behold. I, I'd never seen that stadium so compact in that every seat was taken. Yeah, it, it's to me like, uh, it, the only thing I compare it to it is going to a Broadway play or going to Vegas for a show mm-hmm. where you start to be entertained as you enter the building. You know, like, oh my God, look how, big this is oh my god look at the stage look what's going on Brian and or you know when you go on Broadway you feel all the stuff that happened before and then you mix in the patriotism that is so you know you can almost taste it and that's a that's a tough word right now you know I mean a a lot of people are are embarrassed by it a little bit you know uh, you know people kind of say you know you can't be too patriotic and then then they're patriotic for a day and and the people that in this stand, these stands, in this game, it, it it's part of the game. You know, the, uh, the United States and the pride they have. Most people at this game have had a dad, an uncle, a friend, a brother, a sister, or, or a son or a daughter that's involved in this game. And uh, and so it's real. It, it, it's, you know, the the... The emotions are real, and it's not—it's not just to win the game. It's to represent your team is the most important thing to me. When I watch them play, yeah, you got to win. Everybody wants to win. One of the players said, said um, and I wrote it down, is beating blank Army or Navy is the best feeling in the world, and losing to Army or Navy is the second best feeling in the world, and that means just being a part of this game. It truly is something that is unique. Would would you say that in this current climate that we're in, that you know, with everything being so toxic and everything sure, being sure. so divided, um, can this game resonate with the general public? Do you think that more than just you know the people who are there, they're all connected to it? Army Navy is a massive right. thing for them. What about the general public? I haven't looked at the ratings. That's not really how I might want to measure this. Do you think Army Navy can resonate in such a divided climate? Okay, so I have a bigger theory about this. I'm wrong on a lot of stuff in life, but but my theory about this is that we are about, as a country, about maybe 
80% on the same page. Minor problems a little bit, but, it, but I think it's a really sharp bell curve. And I think 80% of the country is together. And all the coverage goes to the two 10% on the outside of the bell curve. And I think most everybody would connect with this game. Uh, you know, it, it, a little bit at first, they would go, oh, you know, that's, that's not my thing. But I think once they got there and they, they searched back into their, you know, their ancestry and their uncles and their family, I think they'd find a connection. And I, and I do think it's a little, uh, it's too bad that it's not embraced a, a little bit more. I think a lot of people are afraid to embrace it, but you're right. Uh, um, it's embraced by everybody there, but I think there's a lot more people that don't know how good it is if they just gave it a taste. And I think they'd be on board and be proud of it, to tell you the truth. That's very eloquently said, and I, I appreciate your honesty uh, when it comes to that. Uh, before we uh, bounce around and before I let you go, um, I do have one troubling question for you, and th that is you work with a gentleman whose radio show I go on every week for like the last 15 huh. years. And <laughs> yeah. I can barely take take him on for 20 minutes, but David Moulton and his partner, Mark Miller, uh, were on this podcast a couple of months ago. And all I have to say is, how do you endure it? <laughs> well, David is a brilliant guy and a good friend. And um, he is my, I, I actually created a position for David um, that really has never been done before. Um, there, it's called Spotter, but he's been, been more than that. Um, He's my man on the couch, okay? Um, when, you know that when you're doing a game, uh, a, a game like this, you know, especially, but all of my SEC games, they're, they're high-consequences games. You know, I, I've been really lucky. My time at ABC or my time here at CBS, seven, you know, like 17 years for each has been, what, no, 16 years with each network or 32 years. Of that, 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 those I, numbers, I, I just I've when done, you hear them, wow. I really have done over 500 live games more than any other, uh, you know, analyst or play-by-play -play person in college football. And you know how rabid and passionate these fans are. And that's the fun part of it, but you can get lost in that. I try to stick to my job. You know, that, I think that's my role is, you know, I've tried to be like the surgeon. Okay. Cover up everything else and kind of operate on the part of the thing that's my job. You know, I, I not get caught in all the atmosphere of the game. Get, my, I try to get into the X's and O's. It's really hard Army Navy. But I need somebody when you're in that forest to kind of listen to what you say and kind of, you know, hand you a little feedback. It's like having a friend, you know, like if you're talking by yourself, you come up with just your own ideas. But when you come up in there with somebody else, it doesn't just double, it, it quadruples the number of things mm -hmm. that happens. And that's his job. I don't give him a really assignment. I give him an assignment to listen. And so maybe it's a little different role and it, it, it doesn't bother me. But there are times, to be honest, about that David is a brilliant guy and he's got a lot of thoughts. I do have to put my hands up and say, okay, that's enough right now. I need to slow down. I got a producer <laughs> talking to me, a play-by-play -play guy talking to me, and I need to slow down. And he has a lot of funny stories. He you know, he'll hand me a card with a note. That's the way he communicates with yep. me, uh, an observation. And there are sometimes I'll look at the card and throw it away because I'll be mad and he'll just laugh, you know, so we have <laughs> good laughs about it. But uh, Army-Navy's different. You know, you try to get everything into it. And 
honestly, for me, I've done more of these than anybody. It's it Seth, it's actually embarrassing because here's the names of the people that done it. Keith Jackson, Lindsay Nelson, Red Grange, Mel Allen, Red Barber. I mean, Brent Musburger, Kirk Gowdy. It, it, it's icons. it's humbling, and it's it, they're icons. Yes, so that's the pressure of the game, but it's also the fun. That you know, uh, I was lucky enough to play NFL football, and nothing. I I really enjoyed the pressure and consequences of a job, and I get it every Saturday. And, and this one is the pinnacle of it. Well, there's no question about it. Before you, you we let you go, I had two uh, college football questions for you. Uh, the first being how you cover the sport. Now, for the last little yeah. bit now, you've been doing the SEC games. Um, but what I notice about college football, and this is just my observation, doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. What it is right. is that I notice that the national audience is very, very segregated in college football, usually by region. For example, someone in Michigan doesn't care what Alabama does. Now, yes, this <laughs> year they would because of the playoff. Of course. But, but yep. Yep. during the course of the year, they don't think about it. Somebody in Oregon is not thinking about you know, Mississippi. It's just it's only regional. So when you're talking about one or two particular teams, are you alienating 85, 90 percent of the country? <laughs> probably you know it, it kind of goes with the territory I, I i guess you know i i i don't follow it not because i don't care i follow i don't follow it because i think if i did follow it i'd care too much and maybe try to get them to like me or whatever and i, and I don't like to do that so i i try to ignore that stuff it's it's not easy because college besides being sectionalized, as you described, it's also very passionate. You know, they, mm -hmm. every penalty is seen through their color eyes, you know, and, you know, every decision a coach makes, every recruit that transfers, you know, uh, is every time I say that should have been a penalty or should not, or Alabama should be in and Michigan shouldn't be. Yes. You know, most people are going to be upset with it. It kind of, kind of goes with the territory though. And it does, make it interesting at times, but I think that it's, it's not much different than the way it is in major league baseball. It, it's hard to grab a national audience in baseball, you know, but the home teams are very passionate about their announcer and their team. You know, they watch their team. You know, I grew up on Ernie Harwell. Most sure. of our crew grew up as Yankees fans. They, they, they don't, know anything about the Tigers and I don't know much about the Yankees and right. you know so it, it is a little bit similar to the way people watch baseball in my mind where football NFL football is completely different than I think baseball in college in college football is well the greatest thing about Ernie Harwell is that he remembered everybody's name uh, not it not was just, amazing not just my name like I met him maybe a half a dozen times over 20 years and every time he knew who I was he knew what I was doing and then he would know the guy that was next to me, the cameraman. He would know the, the I, ushers. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how I he do did not it. Have was, I don't I, either. I can't he, either. And he was always a gentleman. You know, he got fired by Bo Schembechler, never had a, a resentful bone in his body. I was able to interview him myself. I sat next to him when I was working in Detroit. I sat next to him when he did a game. It's one of the big thrills of my life because I grew up on oh, his cool. voice, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so it, it, it's, it's really good. But it's um, I, I will say this. I, I'm always glad 
it's it's a wonderful experience, but it's always glad when that final gun goes off and that game's over and you look around and go, did we blow something really big or not? Because we're going to hear about it, you know, and, and we don't want to do it. I promised the first game I ever did Army Navy. Uh, I I was nervous about it. I walked in and I and I talked to those kids and I you know and I and I says well all right I've never done one of these well, you know what's up and they go Mr. Danielson we watch you every weekend don't grade us on a curve call it just <laughs> like you call big time football and that I promised them I'd do it and that's how I've done every game for for the 13 years well it's remarkable to see uh, Gary thank you so much for doing this again. Uh, Army Navy was it, that was my first one covering, and I, I'll tell you, it was an experience I will not soon forget. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I'd love to talk to you again soon. You got it anytime. Thanks, Seth. All right, thanks to Gary Danielson, a phenomenal interview, and I cannot wait to have him on for a longer segment. That's not just about one game; that's more about his entire iconic career. We welcome in the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, for his weekly segment. All right, let's take a look at these matchups, including the final Thursday night matchup on my Twitch channel, the Chiefs and the Chargers. That's a great one out in SoFi Stadium. Should be a great, great matchup. Let's start us off with Thursday night football. Great, great job again by uh, the scheduling uh, at the NFL. Um, you know, we, I've lampooned, I think we've both lampooned uh, these Thursday night games for a year, and we've had so many great ones this year. And uh, here we are with what I think might be the best game of the week on Thursday, uh, Chiefs at Chargers. Um, it's, it's really no secret uh, how much I quite enjoy uh, the Chargers and Justin Herbert and how aggressive they are. Probably the most aggressive team in the league. Very analytic friendly. Uh, almost always making the right decisions, uh, regardless of what people say in the booth. And the Chiefs, how do you not like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the fact that, you know, they started so slow. I was very concerned about Patrick Mahomes. I love the guy. I think he's great on the field. I think he's a great personality. Uh, so just a great game to root for. One of the few games where without a betting angle, I am going to be locked in and excited to see what happens. The Chargers, four-point home dogs in this one a very tight spread kind of where the spread would be at uh, at the beginning of the year based on our preseason expectations for both of these teams Seth but you know three four weeks ago it would have maybe been two three points different in either direction so it is nice that uh, and, and maybe this is something we'll see uh, with this 18-week season uh, more of a normalization of results and less uh, less noise more opportunities for teams to right the ship a little bit so that the cream does rise to the top Again, Chiefs, four-point road favorites, Chargers, slight dogs at home. Over-under is sitting at 51 right now at Bavada, and that is, quick scroll, the highest total of the week. So expect points, expect a lot of them. Chiefs, Chargers should be a great one to watch it on my Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. um, the NFL has two games on Saturday, including the Raiders and the Browns. Raiders Browns interesting one uh, Browns coming off uh, a really big win against the Ravens uh, you know uh, Lamar Jackson did have a sprained ankle in that one so that was uh, tough for the Ravens to try and rally around uh, you know John Harbaugh got a little bit of grief for his two-point decision making at the end of the game we did run the math afterwards uh, it seemed like it really didn't make a difference uh, at that point uh, whether he kicked the extra point or decided to go for two so and I, I like uh, I like that John Harbaugh guy I think he uh, you know does pretty good stuff there generally okay on the analytics side so but back to Raiders Browns uh, the Browns are six point home favorites in this one I personally thought this would have been higher Seth um, I'm still very down on the Raiders I still don't think they're a very good team I still think they're they haven't really quite recovered from um, 
everything that happened uh, since the Gruden fallout. Uh, you know, gosh, they had a player arrested, another player released for an awkward Instagram video. I am just so down on that Raiders team. But having said that, the Browns still only six point favorites at Bavada. Over-under sitting at 42, one of the lower ones of the week. Um, you know, there's a chance that, uh, God bless, that Lake Erie weather will come into play this weekend, and that's why the total is as low as it is right now. So one to watch for, and perhaps why that spread is so light. If uh, the weather does uh, turn in Cleveland's favor, though, I would expect both the over-under and that point spread to rise. And then, of course, the nightcap, another national televised game in the United States. It's on NFL Network. The Indianapolis Colts hosting the New England Patriots, who are now the one seed. After Baltimore fell from the top spot in the AFC, the Patriots are now the one seed in the AFC going into Indianapolis. Yeah, a really interesting game, Seth, because the Patriots are, uh, you know, they do it a lot of different ways. And last Monday night, they did it, uh, you know, uh, by throwing the ball only three times against the Bills in that uh, wacky, windy game uh, in Buffalo. Uh, but the Patriots come to this game as two-point underdogs uh, at Bavada, which is kind of interesting that they, like you know, like you said, they do have the one seed, Chiefs uh, hot on their tail. But the Colts have been quietly playing really good football the last, uh, last really the last three, four weeks. Uh, they almost beat the Bucks in that crazy, crazy high-scoring game. Seems like they've got a really good running back in Jonathan Taylor now that they could really rely on. Carson Wentz is, uh, you know, kind of holding back that gunslinger Brett Farvish mentality a little bit that seems to get him into trouble and they look like a pretty good team so a very interesting matchup uh, you know the Colts could be a team that uh, are potentially making noise in the playoffs and uh, but no surprise that the Patriots as underdogs in this one are getting the majority of the action one of our biggest liabilities of the week right now Seth uh, is with the Patriots 75% of all bets on the Patriots right now over under sitting at 46 at Bavada right now a great Saturday night primetime one. You know, we were talking about college. Uh, I know I'll be watching this on Saturday night, not any of the college footy. Yeah, some great matchups, really some great matchups. And then uh, you still have a full Sunday. And, uh, you know, week 15, the red zone, the whole thing. Um, a great NFC East matchup. Well, there's two NFC East matchups. One we'll talk about, one we'll ignore. The Cowboys head to the Meadowlands while the Eagles take on the Washington football team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it, nice to see, uh, aside from the Giants, unfortunately, uh, that the NFC East is having, uh, they're certainly not as hapless as they have been the last couple of years where we were talking about, you know, maybe a sub-500 team taking the division. Uh, you know, Washington has had some unlucky results. The Eagles have had some unlucky results this year. On paper, we do have them right in the mix as, you know, pretty half-decent team, definitely in that, you know, top 16 teams in the NFL this season. And, you uh, Two teams that, because of how wide open it is and because of uh, the extra wildcard spot, are two teams that are still knocking on the door for a playoff spot this year, Seth. Looking at the odds uh, for this one, the Eagles are four and a half point home favorites at Bavada right now. The over-under is sitting 43 and a half. Um, a little bit more money on that under so far, but in terms of the game result, money line point spread bets, pretty much 50-50 at so far. Players still feeling it out, uh, not too much action yet. So that suggests that the line's probably right where it should be. And then the Baltimore Ravens, they hope to get Lamar Jackson back. You know, it's so funny. I never realized, for a guy that runs that much, Lamar Jackson has never missed a game because of injury. That's wild. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson, they're hopeful that he plays, or at least at the time of this recording, he is scheduled to play for Baltimore when they host Green Bay. Yeah, so interesting one there, Seth. And uh, we currently do have the lines uh, restricted at Bavada just because of the uncertainty and because of how much uh, really any starting quarterback means to a team. But certainly someone like Lamar Jackson, a dual threat quarterback like that, that can throw, that can run, he can do it all. Uh, this line did open up as the Packers as two-point favorites. But because of the uncertainty around Lamar Jackson's status and uh, perhaps because it's trending uh, not so positively for him and the Ravens, the Packers are now all the way up to five-point favorites on the road against the Ravens in this one. Uh, a game the Ravens desperately need and uh, a game that, no surprise, even with the restricted limits, uh, so many of the bets so far, Seth, are on the Packers in this one. Uh, you know, the Packers are looking great. They're looking hot. Aaron Rodgers is neck and neck with Tom Brady for the MVP award right now. Broke our hearts again last Sunday night against the Bears uh, uh, and really uh, doubled down with the live betting because the Bears were, you know, massive. You know, they had a, a good lead for much of the first half. And so, you know, people love to bet the Packers when they're the favorites. They love to bet them in game when they're the underdog. So, uh, God willing, if the Packers do uh, roll the Ravens uh, on Sunday, I hope they do it from start to finish. I hope the Ravens don't take a lead because every time Aaron Rodgers comes back, uh, it really, really hurts us. And, you know, for betters listening, uh, we got crushed last Sunday, not just on that game, but overall. So we do, we do have to give a tip of the hat to the betters last week for giving us our second worst loss of the season. And, uh, you know, probably our top five worst loss in NFL all time at Bavada. So kudos to the betters. Kudos to Aaron Rodgers. We got crushed. Yeah, those kinds of games clearly crush sportsbooks, but you win more than you lose. Let's be honest. The head odds maker at Bavada is Patrick Morrow. Patrick joins us each and every week during the football season and beyond here on Sports with Friends. Now, as promised, I want you guys to hear from another cadet from the Army-Navy game, and then we'll hear from Ross Tucker. Stay with us. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm currently a first C over at the United States Military Academy, which is a senior. Uh, and as it stands, by the completion of uh, this coming semester, I'll graduate and commission into the U.S. Army as an infantry officer. Thank you so much for your commitment. What does this game mean to you? Uh, this game right here, well, it means a lot because it brings me close together with not only the people that I know at the academy that I currently attend, but also friends that are at the uh, Naval Academy. This is our opportunity to come together once a year and kind of be competitive with one another, talk a little trash here and there, but then at the end, like we're all coming together, taking photos together, having a good time, and just building those memories that we can look back on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bill DeRoach, uh, Lieutenant Commander, 10 years, graduated in 1984 from the U.S. Naval Academy. When you get to see this game, what does it mean to you? Uh, it's, it brings back a lot of memories. I came, we come every year, so it's, it's really important. Um, both teams, you know, the people on the team, my roommate was a Naval Academy grad, so uh, I, I under, uh, my roommate was a Naval Academy football player, so uh, I understand how much dedication the football players play, put into what's going on, so yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you suffering from low energy? You know, one of the things we talk about here on Sports with Friends is personal things. Being that I can say anything I want, if your energy is lower than usual at the gym, at work, doing whatever you need to be doing, 
Well, get answers from the comfort of your own home with Let's Get Checked. Testosterone levels in men typically fall about 1% every year after the age of 30 or 40. Low testosterone levels can cause fatigue, low energy levels, and are linked to depression. Testosterone helps maintain men's bone density, muscle strength, fat distribution, and sex drive. Yes, sex drive. Thanks to our sponsor, Let's Get Checked, you're covered. Let's Get Checked is an at-home testing company that makes it easy and confidential to check your hormone levels from the comfort of your own home without the awkwardness or uneasiness of visiting a clinic or healthcare professional. And let's be honest, I try to avoid as many medical places as possible unless absolutely necessary. Here is how Let's Get Checked works. You simply go to their site, order your test kit, and it arrives at your door in a small discreet package. From there, you prick your finger. And no, you're not indoctrinated into The Sopranos, but you can send the sample back to their lab with a prepaid shipping label. In two to five days, you get your results, and a Let's Get Checked nurse will be available to discuss your results with you if you want their feedback. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and released onto your online dashboard. But it's online. It's only shared with who you want to see it. If your results are outside normal ranges, a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team contacts you to discuss the lab report. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. The company has performed over 2 million at-home tests. They keep your information and results confidential. Even better, our listeners get 30% off your entire order with the code SPORTS. Just go to letsgetchecked.com and enter the code SPORTS at checkout to ensure you and your significant other are staying safe. Now back to Sports with Friends. And now it's time for Ross Tucker. Ross uh, was at ESPN when I was there, and we had a chance to talk to Ross Tucker many times on shows. Uh, also, when I was at NBC Sports Network back in 2012, he was there. We would do NBC Sports Talk a couple of times together. So I've known Ross a long time. What I've been impressed with is how he went on on his own and created a podcast that has a big audience. And this interview was recorded at the army navy media day this was at the intrepid air and space museum uh the intrepid it was amazing to be in new york city on this famed aircraft carrier and doing sports interviews and doing a podcast here's our conversation with ross tucker first of all great to see you and uh, great to see a former uh a fellow prince fan again uh, <laughs> you have embraced the podcasting space you you said this is something I could do. This is something, yeah. and you you went all in on it. What was it about podcasting then, and what's been most rewarding about it now? So, in all sincerity, Seth, total luck, total luck. I, I, I my last year was '07. I started writing for Sports Illustrated because I was friendly with Peter King. ESPN hired me away to write for them. I remember that. And I said, okay. They said, can you also host our Football Today podcast? I said, sure, I would love to. Jay Soderbergh. Yes. Literally didn't even know what a podcast was. I just knew they were going to pay me money to talk about football. So I did that for three years. And they were getting, back then, they were like the only podcast in town. So they were getting big numbers. And I did it for three years. And they started to have me talk with some of 
the advertisers and the advertising agencies. So this was like Sherry's Berries and uh, Squarespace. Speak and yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 Flowers. And they started, <laughs> they started to tell me how much they were uh, getting per ad. And I was like, are you serious? And they told me I was the second, that show, not me, but ESPN Football Today was the second best show behind Colin Coward in terms of conversions. So I this thought, is 08, 09? Uh, well, this is 2009 through 11. Right. Yep. This is when I was there doing the baseball version yes. of it. Yeah. Yes. So then I end up going on my own in 12. Right. I was able to bring a decent portion of the audience and then start to build from there, still before everybody and their brother had a podcast, right? So it's a clear example of being in the right place at the right time and then capitalizing on it and first mover advantage, right? If I tried to start a podcast now, it would not go very well, right? Like there's, there's, there's too many out Start there. Starting one now is hard. It's very, very difficult. I don't recommend it to anyone unless you're a huge name or you get some type of guarantee to do it, you're actually better off being part of an existing network or an existing well, thing. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about because what I've noticed in the last couple of years is the entrepreneurial nature of it has changed and now it's just major companies just wanna make them. Spotify, iHeart, uh, Amazon, they're just, they're making podcasts and it's not the, the guy in Green Bay who, could host it and if he does a good job he has a fighting chance it seems like that person's getting swallowed yeah there's going to be a lot of consolidation over the next five years a lot of people are going to stop doing podcasts because they're just not going to be able to monetize them everybody is fighting over the same audience and as a result not only are they fighting over the same audience People. Interesting, because I always thought podcasts don't compete, unlike radio. If I'm listening to WFAN, I'm not listening to ESPN, but if I'm listening to your podcast, I would imagine my audience listens to your podcast and vice versa. Right, so I will say this. People that listen to podcasts listen to podcasts, and I don't think that they leave one podcast for another, but I do think there's only so many listening hours available. So they're competing they're in commuting that, time or right? whatever. It is. They're competing in that way into listening time as opposed to like someone listening to this and being like, yeah, I don't like uh, sports with friends anymore. I'm going to listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast. That, that's not going to happen. But maybe if they like me enough in the next four minutes, they will say, you know, what? I'm going to give the Ross Tucker football podcast or the even money betting podcast. I'm going to give that a shot. So um, but also people are more willing to take less money because they're trying to monetize their time and so it's driving down rates as well so there's there's a couple That's an interesting point there's a couple of different forces i would say working against it now sports betting and some other things are 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 helping it so there's 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 pros and cons right now for sure in my opinion um this is going to air after the army navy game yeah. so i'm not going to ask you who's going to win or any of yeah, that yeah. stuff what people have said to me uh, when I go into an experience like this is that you never feel more patriotic. The question that I have about that is we're in a very toxic time right now and patriotism is not necessarily at its high point. What can this game do and does this game serve as that in your estimation? Yeah, so it's my favorite day of the year. 
This is my sixth time in a row doing it, three on the sidelines, my third time in the booth. And the way people have described it to you is how I would describe it. You know, I intentionally don't pay attention to the news or politics because it's just so negative. And I just don't want that in my life, right? But I'm aware of how divisive things are. I'm aware of what I believe is a general lack of respect that people have for each other or their opinions. You know, I've got plenty of friends that are Republicans, that are great guys, and I really respect their opinion. I've got plenty of friends that are Democrats. Same thing, right? Like, and I think that's kind of what I learned at Princeton, to be honest with you, is that people have different viewpoints based on their upbringing and where they're from. When, when you go to the Army-Navy game, and maybe even if you just watch it, okay, it's great to see an example of two combatants that fiercely want one thing going at each other for a segmented time, right? So it's 60 minutes of football. When it's over, though, it's over. And they each get behind the other one as they sing the alma mater, and they kind of say, like, it's over? We're back on the same team. We're all in this together. It'd be nice if we felt that way after debates or after whatever, right? Like, it'd be nice if people realized we're not the United States of Republican, we're not the United States of Democrats, we're the United States of America. Like, we're all on the same team. Nobody's a jerk. Like, people, all, everybody wants good schools. Everybody wants, you know, a, a better way of life. They just have different opinions on how to go about it. There's something to be said about college football being so regional. Uh, there's, there's so much, for example, in Michigan, they don't talk at, from the beginning of the season about the college football playoff. They talk about beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten. In, in Oregon, they're not talking about a playoff. They're talking about just beating UCLA. Or do, do, do national shows make a mistake in looking at the big picture the whole season long because what college football really is is a bunch of regional matchups and that people in the sec country don't care about the big 12 and and, and vice versa it, it it's very unlike the nfl where in the nfl you want to see who's number one who's number this who's number that but i guess my question to you and it's funny because there are some similarities with baseball which i know you're very familiar with in the, in, in terms of it being regional local markets i guess my question for you would be how do you solve that on a national show how you know how do you talk about oregon oregon state and get the people in the southeast to care about it? it's very difficult it's impossible. So the only topics you can do that truly incorporate in some way shape or form everyone are the college football player and the heisman right because it's like there's kenny pickett from pitt up there there's the kid from Alabama, you know, or college football playoff. Ooh, Oregon might get in, you know, Oregon's, they're close. And what about Michigan now? And it's the only topic that they can kind of bring it onto a national level. That's, that's, why, that's, why, they, they, that's why they lean on those so heavily. I know you got to run, and I could talk to you for an hour, but the last thing on college, I'll, I'll just keep it with college because yeah. um, I know you cover both, um, the Alabama. Yeah. I'm fascinated by Alabama in the sense that I've never seen a market where literally one school is the entire sports update. Like, there, there's nothing else that goes on. And Auburn, you know, you made a baseball uh, reference. Auburn comes off like the, the Mets to the Yankees, 
the White Sox to the Cubs, yeah. you know, the Angels to the Dodgers. They're like the other guys. Yeah. What is it about that place? Do you find that endearing? Do you find that are they are they arrogant? What's what's your thought on Alabama and their place in a college football world where they seem just so different? I think that if I was from Alabama <laughs> or I went to Alabama, that I would think it was amazing and it's the greatest thing, thing the ever. <laughs> I didn't, so I find it uh, a little annoying. Well, the thing that's so funny to me is like with Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame or Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, the one thing I noticed, and I can say this because I went to Princeton, so I didn't play, you know, Power 5 football or whatever. Every program, every fan base, every alumni has an overinflated opinion of their school's status, right? Like, Notre Dame people cannot believe, cannot believe that Brian Kelly left for LSU. Like, it, it, it has just rocked their sensibilities right? suddenly got a southern accent which yeah, i love amazing family and then the oklahoma people are incredulous in their mind there is no better job that's the be all end all and it hurts their feelings but i see it all the time i live in penn state i live in pennsylvania penn state's a top 10 job but penn state fans think it's like a national top five program it's not it's top 10, there's a difference. USC is top five for a lot of different reasons. You, have, you are one of the most entrepreneurial people I know. You have a new project, myfrontpagestory.com. Tell me about this. Well, so I wanted to tell you about it because I've followed you as a writer for a long time. So the, the guy that started it's a friend of mine. He actually is a, he's a newspaper writer. And- You know, I, newspaper is a thing, kids. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but he, um, it's the greatest gift you can give someone. You literally talk to one of the writers for 10 minutes, or you can do an email interview if you want. They write the most unbelievable story about like your wife or your mom or whatever. But the two things I tell people are, because I've given one to my mom, my sister and I gave it to my mom when she turned 70, right? To be able to say to somebody, mom, we wanted to do something special this year, so we had a story written about you. My mom looked at us like we, like we had three heads. She's like, wait, you had a story written about me? Like, because who gets a story written about somebody? Nobody, right? And then she read the quotes from my sister that said, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if it weren't for my mom. My mom started bawling. I mean, she started crying. So I tell people, like, she will cry. You will win. Trust me. Myfrontpagestory.com. Very cool. So we'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes, and uh, it's something that you can do for for a loved one or even somebody that you hate if you want to tell that story about that time that they stole. There are so many vicious things I could do with. I could I could maybe buy one about how overrated Prince is. We could get into that. <laughs> Ross, it's good to see you. Absolutely, Seth. Once again, our thanks to everybody from USAA. And the Army-Navy folks, uh, the military academies that granted us access the way they did, uh, they were very accommodating. We should mention that this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and that's why this game is at MetLife Stadium. That's uh, really impressive. They really did honor their history. And, you know, this game normally takes place either in, in Washington, D.C. Most of the time it's in Philadelphia. It's a party atmosphere here, and this is a lot of fun.
once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, we're so thrilled to have put this podcast together. And what I hope is that people just, whatever sport you're into, whatever team you root for, I hope that this is a sign of unification because that's the only thing that we should all be wishing for uh, for the future for the United States of America. This is Sports with Friends from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We'll see you next week. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Come on, please, I'm gone. Forget reaching me by phone because I promise I'll be gone for a while. When you see. I hope that you have been the kind of person 